Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Hey, if you're a fellow podcaster, let me tell you about Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. That's right. They're providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today and become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And let them know the nerd sent you by adding our podcast, The Amazing Nerd Show, in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Once again, that's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Nerds, it's time to suit up or shut up. Launching badass rockabilly track. ANS protocol is active. Now making a deal with Mephisto. Time to save the world with some wrestling, video games, movies, horror, and more. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Amazing Nerd Show. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. All right, Christian, so we got our first official full look at Jared Leto playing the Joker in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, gone were all the tattoos and the fucking grill, um, all the glam and the glitz. This definitely seems like a more sinister version of the character. I mean, I'm just going off the photos here. Um, looks like he's having some kind of interaction with or confrontation with Batman. Um, I also saw some kind of like little video, um, you know, uh, but yeah, I don't know if that was legit or not, though. Did you see that video? <laughs> Uh, no, I did not see that. He had, like, either. Batman the trench coat standing there with him. Oh, no. Yeah, I definitely didn't see that. All right. So maybe forget that. I mean, maybe that was <laughs> fan-made. I don't know if that was official. But, um, yeah, I, I I dug it. I'm not going to lie. I like Jared Leto as an actor. Um, I just saw the little things. Uh, I thought he was good in the movie, but I, I, I didn't really like the movie, but I thought he was good in his role. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a talented actor. I just really did not like his version of the character in Suicide Squad. So, I mean, do you think he'll give us a different take on the character? I mean, I can only hope. I mean, I I like to think that what we got from Suicide Squad was just, you know, pure from the direction of the film, you know, what how they wanted it to be super colorful and maybe more rock star than mass murderer, you yeah. know, that we got in that. I mean, it, I definitely felt like it was a script issue. I mean, uh-huh. I didn't mind his performance so much. I hated the fucking laugh, though. I did hate the laugh, <laughs> but I didn't mind his performance per se. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm glad that he's getting a second chance at it because I feel like he is a good fit for the character. I mean, do you think if he knocks it out of the park, like we'll actually see him cast in the role again? Absolutely. I mean, any excuse to get Joker on the screen, they're they're going to want to use it, you know? I yeah, mean, but I mean, they could recast the character with someone else, true. you know? But, like, do you feel like he'll get another crack, you know, at it, you know, if he actually, like, hits it out of the park and fans respond well to it? Exactly. I, I definitely think that's possible. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Because, I mean, like I said, he's a fucking talented actor, so it only mm-hmm. makes sense that he could nail this role. Um, I, mean, I mean, when they announced it, I mean, it felt like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. There were some people, like, shitting all over the look. Um, he does kind of look like a mix-up between, like, Joaquin Phoenix and Heath Ledger. Um, uh-huh. But it is what it is. I'm sure he was like, I'm not cutting my fucking hair for this, like, two-minute cameo. Uh-huh. Um, people were saying that he looks like he got in, like, a jar of jam or something. 
Um, just the way, like, you know, the fucking red lips uh-huh. looked and everything. But you know what? People crapped all over Heath Ledger when they first saw, yes. like, you know, his appearance in, you know, Dark Knight. So I, I'm willing to, you know, have an open mind here. To be fair, I made that same argument before Suicide Squad, and I kind of regretted that one. But <laughs> Oh, what, having an open mind? Yes. <laughs> Well, I definitely did not like the look at Suicide Squad. <laughs> so, uh, do you think they give a reason for the tattoos not being there? Uh, I would hate that, though. I, yeah. I... <laughs> Don't waste, like, the two minutes that you've got with a character and give some convoluted reason. And I think it... technically, right, this takes place before Suicide Squad. I, I think? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I but, just don't want to see, like, Lex Luthor writing damaged on his forehead at the end of the movie. Oh, God. Like, that, I don't want to see that oh, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be horrible. <laughs> Lex is looking to get his tattoo artist uh, license. Uh-huh. Um, no, no. Yeah, I definitely don't want to see that. Honestly, this is probably, like, one of the things I'm most excited about with, you know, Snyder's, you know, version of the film. Like, seeing what he does with this character. So, and, and the fact that Jared Leto gets a fucking chance at redemption hopefully (laughs) here's to hoping yes alrighty let's get into the show this week we've got reviews for Malcolm and Marie and the horror film A Nightmare Wakes Uh, we're also breaking down the latest episode of WandaVision and discussing the forbidden door now being open in AEW plus over at Christian's Corner we're talking about what's going on at a couple game studios and the future of game development. All right, but before we move on, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review and DM us a screenshot. Not only will we read it on the show, but we'll send you some amazing nerd show swag. Let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors of nerdum. We're not mild-mannered reporters, we're mere podcasters with opinions. Well, first up, we got some Mandalorian news. So yeah, this just broke. Uh, Gina Carano, uh, you know, who played Cara Dune in The Mandalorian, uh, will reportedly no longer be part of the franchise's future. The news was just confirmed on Wednesday night in a statement from Lucasfilms, uh, revealing that Carano is not expected to return to the series for future seasons or for any future projects, uh, you know, for the franchise. Uh, this comes after Carano shared several controversial anti-Semitic posts on her social media. So this has really been a long time coming. She's been skinny on thin ice, um, just saying ridiculous, stupid fucking shit. So it is what it is. Um, I like the character of Cara Dune. So I'm hoping that they end up, I don't know, recasting her. Because, I, I don't know, it's not like she's fucking Mark Hamill or something. <laughs> so I feel like you could find another actress to play the role. I mean, yeah, fair enough. Um, you know, it. it this was the right decision, I think, from Disney side. Yeah, I mean, but, uh... fuck her, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised they didn't do it earlier. Yeah, uh, it, it. There was a lot going on even before this season came out, and I was surprised she got a big, as big of a role at this point. But maybe they already had that in the works. Who knows? Uh, I, I, I would like to see the. You're right. I would like to see the character recasted, though. I think it's an awesome character, um, and you know, it was it was a had some great moments with her but you know just the wrong actress <laughs> right <laughs> all right up next we have a rumor that keanu reeves has been offered a role in the mcu 
All right, so Reeves has been offered the role as Craven the Hunter uh, for his own solo film. According to a report by Illuminati, the project is simply being called Craven. This report is also saying the film has been described as a mashup between Logan and Man on Fire. Man on Fire is such a good fucking film. Um, I, I mean, of course, so is Logan. But anyway, uh, we know also uh, in August they tapped uh, director J.C. Chander to uh, lead the film. Uh, I don't know, man. So, we've been hearing for a while that Craven was going to be in the upcoming Spider-Man 3 film. Uh, there's nothing in this report that says that's still true. Uh, with what we know about all the different reports and rumors, that movie just feels a bit overstuffed. So, I'm completely fine if like Craven just ends up not making the cut for that film. Um, as far as Reeve playing Craven, I don't really, I don't know, I don't really feel it. <laughs> Unless they seriously change the character from what we've seen uh, from the comics, I mean, which they can do, and they might. Uh, I just can't imagine, though, like, Reeves running around in, like, a loincloth and a lion vest and pulling off that fucking, like, accent for an entire film. Um, we know, like, accents are definitely not his strong suit. I've enjoyed, you know, this Keanu, like, renaissance we've had recently, and I'd like to see him part of the Marvel Universe, but just maybe not in this role. Um, like I said, uh, they might change it to fit his strengths, though. So um, for me personally, I think I would choose someone like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, or if you're going to go off like pure physicality, like Jason Momoa, I mean, he would just be an awesome fit. And we know he could pull off like different dialects, even though he didn't talk that much, you know, with his role from like Game of Thrones. I mean, speaking of, you know, Game of Thrones stars, I could totally see Pedro Pascal actually being Craven the Hunter. Oh, that's not a bad fit. Hmm. Uh, but I think overall, I, I don't know how I feel about them just doing a Craven the Hunter film to introduce him into the world in general. I don't know how I feel about that personally. Well, you remember we thought like they were going to introduce him in Spider-Man 3. Yeah. And, and that might be the case, but it, it just the story didn't really, you know, indicate that. So I'm mm. not sure where they're going. And honestly, at this point, like, I don't even want to see that. Because <laughs> it just feels like that movie is just, I don't know, it has too many fucking wars in the water. No, um, I feel like after as many like things that have come out about that film, I think we would have heard at least, oh, we saw something Craven-like mm -hmm. on set by now, you know, I, but we haven't. Well, so it I... feels like the role would already be cast. Yeah, exactly. Because right? they're mm -hmm. filming it right now. Um, but, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe it was always supposed to be just like a cameo or something. I don't know. Well, speaking of Spider-Man, we have some possible rumor killers from Tom Holland. So, according to Holland, uh, Maguire and Garfield will not make an appearance in the third Spider-Man. Uh, he told Esquire magazine, no, 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 they will not be appearing in this film uh, unless they've hidden the most massive piece of information from me, which I think is too big of a secret for them to keep from me. But as of yet, no, it will be a continuation of the Spider-Man movies that we've been making. Uh... Here's the deal. Like, first of all, what else is he supposed to say? Uh, why would we believe anything any of the MCU actors say at this point? I mean, they've lied to us before, and rightfully so, because do we really want to be spoiled, like, during some stupid interview? Um, but yeah, anyway, there has just been so many rumors at this point, and usually where there's smoke, there's fire when, you know, when it comes to these things. Now, I feel like it's probably still going to be a bit of, a, like, a cameo-type deal, 
But to me, what Holland says here is really just a non-story. I mean, yeah, the only voice I trust in the MCU um, actor-wise is Mark Ruffalo at this point. <laughs> right, or Kevin Foggy. Well, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I, he would know a thing. But yeah, if, if anyone's going to spoil something, it's going to be Tom Holland or Mark Ruffalo, usually. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Oh, and, and I definitely think they're in the movie, either way. <laughs> but anyways, we got even more casting news for Borderlands. So yes, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has joined the cast of Eli Roth's Borderlands movie. Uh, she will be playing Dr. Patricia Tannis. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Uh, Eli Roth was quoted as saying, Working with the iconic Jamie Lee Curtis has been a lifelong dream of mine, and I'm so excited for her to be bringing her humor, warmth, and brilliance to the role of Tannis. Um, the Borderlands video game recently casted Kate Blanchett and Kevin Hart in roles. Uh, Christian, what are your thoughts? You know, funny enough, I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis really does fit in this role as compared to Kevin Hart. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for this, at least. I love that fact that, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is getting so much work lately. Yeah. She, I mean, she was, <laughs> even though I had my issues with Halloween 2018, like, she was good in the role. And I loved her in Knives Out. So, I mean, because it really felt like she was almost, like, semi-retired, um, you know, a couple years back. So, I mean, good for Jamie Lee Curtis. Up. Oh. All right, Christian, this just in. Jack Black will be playing another character in the game, Claptrap. Oh, well, I mean, I guess I can kind of see it. But at the same time, I think when I think, you know, Jack Black, I think, you know, you know, rocker man, Jack Black comedian, you know, um, Claptrap is. Uh, I, do you know who John Mulaney is? The, no. the stand up comedian, I would say. Well, I would say he's a better voice for him. I think, you know, the character is definitely more matter-of-factly humorous. Like, I, I don't, there's, there, it's not so. Subtle, more subtle. Yeah, it's very subtle. Okay. In a way. Not as <laughs> over-the-top as Jack Black is. Exactly. Like, um, I don't know, man. I mean, this, this, this cast is kind of getting weird. <laughs> does this game have a comedic tone to it? Yeah, it's very comedic. Like, it's constantly making fun of itself. Like, it's. Okay. It's not like, you know, over the head comedy, but it's like constantly um, like it's supposed to be funny while you're playing. Yeah, because with this casting, you know, with like two major comedians, I mean, I would hope that it has some like comedic overtones. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely describe the game as an action comedy type of game. Um, but at the same time, I just I, I want them to pick the right comedians, <laughs> if that makes sense. I just I don't know. Instead of like the most popular, because that's exactly. what it seems like they did. Uh, here, right. You know, I mean, I don't know shit about the game, so I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna trust you though. Uh, trust me, I'll, I'll send you some clips, man. I'll send you some clips. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll pretend to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, up next, it looks like we have our Joel and our Ellie for The Last of Us. All right. So HBO's TV adaptation, The Last of Us, has reportedly offered actor Mahershala Ali the lead role of Joel. Um, this is just a rumor right now, but it sounds like there's some kind of offer on the table at least. Uh, THR is reporting that the role of co-lead Ellie has now been cast also. Um, Game of Thrones actress Bella Ramsey will play Ellie, a teenager who may be the key to the cure 
before the deadly pandemic. Uh, she's a complete fucking badass, so uh, that sounds like awesome casting. Uh, this would be the first casting announcement of any kind uh, to be attached to the HBO production since the show was greenlit back in November. Uh, I just can't imagine, like, casting an actor or actors the caliber of Ali and Ramsey doing nothing but, like, elevating your show. So, and I know right now it's just a rumor with Ali, uh, but I'm going to go ahead I'm going to defer to Christian since I've never played the fucking game. I mean, yeah, these are two characters that definitely need a lot of range. Um, you know, I think Mahershala will will be a good fit. Hold, okay, hold on, Christian. Wait a second. <laughs> Oh, what, what, what is it, David? Not that I'm not paying attention to what you're saying right now, because it's riveting. But I'm <laughs> I'm scrolling through Facebook, and this is happening live as we're recording this. Um, it seems like that is not the case. Mahershala, I mean, that was just a rumor, uh, but it is officially announced now that Pedro Pascal, Mando himself, has been cast as Joel in the Last of Us TV series. So, uh, yeah, so forget everything I just said. <laughs> um, oh, okay. <laughs> Ramsey, Ramsey's still Ella, but yeah, uh, Pedro Pascal is now going to be playing Joel. I mean, talk about typecasting a man. I mean, Pedro Pascal. I mean, this is this is great for him though. I think he's perfect for that role. Uh, you know, he he's getting to play another father figure. Oh <laughs> you know, yeah, going from right? Mandalorian to this. So I mean, you know, that's not nothing to complain about there. I think Pad Pedro Pascal is perfect for Joel actually. Honestly. Oh, he's gonna be so excited. He doesn't have to wear that fucking helmet like. <laughs> Every fucking day, you can actually you see grow his face. That fucking beard, though. <laughs> yeah, this is a little Game of Thrones like reunion. Oh yes, yes. I, I don't, actually, I don't think their characters ever meet. Yeah, but they're both on the series, Christian. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> completely different season. Completely different. Calm areas, down, Chief. Sure. <laughs> reunion. <laughs> they're both on the show. Whatever. It's um, an angle. <laughs> I will say though. um the one thing I hate about the gaming community is that there was already a lot of um, people complaining that she doesn't look enough like Ellie. And I, I have to say right now, just shut up because <laughs> she is a great actress. Um, if anyone can like pull off a badass character like Ellie, I, I feel like at, at this age, definitely her at this moment. Well, too, like Game of Thrones was like what? Like when she was filming that role, that was probably like three or four years ago. Exactly. I mean, I don't know what she's been in, you know, last, but who the fuck knows and who cares? Like, the character doesn't have to look exactly like, you know, the source material. So, I mean, just relax, people. I think it's just a, you know, it's a case of, you know, this is a very big game where there's a lot of people that are in love with the story and characters of it. So they want everything to be, you know, exact. But I mean, I feel like if as long as you get a great performance out of it, yeah, I mean, go for it. I come know? from the comic book community. We've been dealing with that uh -huh. for years. <laughs> but I think people realize that it doesn't really matter. It's all about the performances at this point. Exactly. Well, all right, Damon, we had the Super Bowl this last weekend, so there was a couple trailers that came out. Yeah, just a couple. How fucking disappointing, <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> I was hoping we'd get, like, a fucking Shang-Chi-like trailer, you know, maybe something for Spider-Man 3 or Venom or, I don't know, Mortal Kombat since that comes out in, like, a month. <laughs> so, but, yeah, we got, like, two lousy trailers. Funny enough, I feel like we're going to get a Mortal Kombat trailer, like, tomorrow, which is the sad part, but... Whatever. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm happy for it. I hope we get a trailer soon, uh -huh. but... <laughs> I just, I don't know. I was expecting a lot more. And maybe you know, studios are like, hey, man, we don't even know when these fucking movies are coming out. We're not going to spend all this money on a Super Bowl ad and then have the film not, like, you know, get pushed back 
you know, a yeah. couple months or a year. Yeah, exactly. Well, up first, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Superheroes cannot be allowed to exist. I have no intention to leave my work unfinished. So I thought this was a really badass trailer, man. I was excited. Um, you know, um, I think this was definitely the most we've gotten uh, from the series so far. Um, it, it was only two minutes long. They really haven't given us much. But uh, we got a look at Mandrapore, uh, which I, I don't know what that's going to lead to. But I mean, that's <laughs> the city that, you know, we've seen in the X-Books for, you know, years now. So yes. um, hopefully there's a little Easter eggs or some kind of tie in with the mutants here, um, you know, happening. Uh, we got a look at uh, Zemo. Um, it sounds like he's at it again. I mean, if you think about a fucking Zemo, I mean, he fucking broke up the Avengers. Yes. Like, do they have a bigger villain than Zemo? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know everyone's all about Thanos, but I mean, fucking Zemo, man. Like this guy did it with like a videotape. Right? Yes, I was impressed. <laughs> I was impressed by him. So I'm, I'm really excited to have him back. Um, and he, he's rocking the mask this time around. Yes. So um, I thought that was awesome. Um, just a little moment about, you know, him hating superheroes. So uh, we also <laughs> saw the actress who played uh, Ethne Nest from uh, the Solo uh, movie. Um, oh, okay. She is uh, the one who's beating all their asses. Uh, we, uh -huh. we saw her in the little <laughs> teaser beforehand. Um, you know, I think she's one of the Flag Smashers, um, which is a uh, group that's in a lot of the Captain America, like, you know, solo books. So um, we'll see what she has to do. There's some people speculating that she might end up being Songbird um, from the Thunderbolts. Uh, but I don't know. I still like my sin um, theory, but we'll see. I'm probably wrong. Um, we saw Sharon Carter, too, um, yes. being a badass. So hopefully she gets her moment to fucking shine. Right. Um, yeah. But no, I, I don't know. I dug this um, and I can't believe that this series is only a couple weeks away. All right. Well, what did you think, Christian? You know, it it really shows every time they have a trailer like these, uh, you know, how much money uh, you know Disney has. Because I mean, I can't tell between like film and TV anymore when it comes to Disney Plus series. It looks so good to me. Um, you know, I was really like this, like if you had told me that this was a trailer for a movie, you know, coming out in like a couple months, I totally believe you. I mean, and I loved what we saw on screen from, you know, both characters. I definitely think there's a lot of great chemistry between the two of them. Um, I am excited to see that play out in more episodes and stuff like that as, as it goes on. You know, we ha I feel like we are just seeing like maybe the first two episodes tops. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and that's, Clips wise. That's typical like MCU at this point, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, we should be expecting that, I guess. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to be an MCU fan. You know, this just gets me more hyped up. Um, I definitely think this is going to be the buddy cop series of MCU uh, episodes I've wanted. I love that we're going to be getting like a weekly dose, you know, with this series and what we're getting with Wanda Vision. Yes. Like, you know, for the next like couple months. So we're getting a weekly dose of MCU after a, a year long drought. So we, we've earned this, goddammit. Yes. <laughs> well, I guess the only other trailer we got during the Super Bowl that we're going to talk about here is uh, Old from M. Night Shyamalan. Have you seen my children? Mom, I'm right here. He was six years old this morning. Oh, no. Mom, I'm scared. There's something wrong with this beach. We were chosen for a reason. What's happening? I don't know. I can't think. 
Old. All right, what did you think of the first trailer for M. Night's Olds, Christian? You know, I, I liked a lot of what was on screen. I don't know if it, like, sold me on the movie just yet. And I think a lot of the problem is I'm just, I have this mindset of M. Night Shyamalan might, might mess this up in some way <laughs> in my mind. Like, there might be some crazy twists that I'm not going to like at some point in the film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's probably going to happen, but yeah. I know. Uh, I mean, like, one of the first things I thought, like, when I saw, like, the uh, the younger, uh, the son from Hereditary, and it was like, oh, man, what if this had been, like, directed by, like, Ari Aster or something like that? So, I mean, I don't know why. I think there's just... <laughs> so you're already, this, like, like, wishing for a different director? <laughs> exactly. Like, I just, I have such a bad stigma for M. Night Shyamalan, like, but I feel like... But you like the concept and what you saw in the trailer? Yeah, I like the concept of what I saw. Like, I like body horror, and that's what this seems like it's uh-huh. going to end up being um at least from this first trailer but i felt like the trailer like showed us like way too much and maybe they're just showing us like a small portion of the film but i wasn't like super impressed with it um i think i'm probably higher on m night than you are right now i'm watching yeah. servant and i'm really enjoying it i mean we'll review it in a future episode at some point once i think the second season ends and i like what he most recently did with like split in glass except for the ending of glass that that fucking sucked but anyway <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. I was excited when I heard about this being, you know, when this was first announced. But now I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I think I just need another trailer. I don't know. You know, I'll still you, see it regardless. It's a horror movie. So. <laughs> so even though you feel like you saw too much, you think another trailer would be the right direction. I think I saw too much and I wasn't super impressed with it. I was like, is this all going to take place on a fucking beach? Like, you know, and like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and like we're already seeing the kids' age, and like, okay, is it, I hope it's more than a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like the girl gets pregnant at one point. I was like, I don't know how the fuck that's happening. Um, so I don't know, man. <laughs> it just didn't impress me. I don't know what else to say. I'm definitely gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, though. He, he, I think he's earned that. Fair enough. I mean, I, I actually did like Glass and Split, so maybe, maybe I'm being a little too harsh. Yeah, I, I, I'll try. I'll give it a try, David. I'll give it a try. All right, well, you know what time it is, Damon. It's time for some WandaVision talk. Alert. WandaVision spoilers ahead. You have been warned. This, all of this, is for us. So let me handle it. What is outside of Westview? You don't want to know, I promise you. You don't get to make that choice for me, Wanda. All right, so this past week, we got episode five of WandaVision. And first of all, I am loving the fact that we have dueling narratives now going on. Um, I think it really adds a lot of layers to the show. And I'm almost like invested, like just as invested, like watching what's happening with like the sword crew as I am watching like what's going on in Westview. Um, you know, and they're just adding so many like meaty fucking questions, <laughs> yes. you know, with just like throwaway lines, like so much so that you have to watch like every episode twice now just to make sure that you didn't miss anything. Like in the opening scene, I felt like they were almost hinting like at Monica, like that she might like have like powers when she's like in the lab, like getting examined. You know, mm-hmm. they have that weird like blur in that photo. Yeah, and then, I, I I just didn't know if that meant like um, her mind was erased or if there was an ability there. So, I don't I mean, know, and like, it, is it a pre-existing ability that she's mm-hmm. trying to hide, or is it something that she gained, you know, when visiting Westview and getting like you know thrown out 
by Wanda. So, I mean, like, is this her origin, like, story as a superhero? Are we watching that right here? Uh, and then what's up with her and Captain Marvel? There seems to be yeah. some kind of fucking tension there, right? <laughs> so, but, you know, what's awesome about this is we're going to see her in Captain Marvel too. Yes. So we're going to see that whole story unfold. So, I mean, this is the new MCU, right? Um, but yeah, and then is she fucking texting Reed Richards? <laughs> is that the Luke cameo we're getting? Because Reed, oh, I, Reed I, Richards is a fucking aerospace engineer. That's true. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, every, like, sentence, every line oh, in the show. <laughs> like, there's no throwaway lines, you know? Uh-huh. So, I mean, like, I was also thinking, like, could it be, like, Ironheart or something? Um, but, like, Reed Richards does fit that, you know? And was mm. that just, like, a little, like, you know, lightly veiled, like, nod? Or... You know, could that lead to, like, a bigger cameo at the end of the season? All right, but let's move on because I could stay on that for, you know, another hour or so. So um, just speculating who's going to show up. Okay, uh, but, okay. yeah, anyway, so, uh, so yeah, this show's going to fucking kill me. Um, but I'm loving the weekly format now. I've finally adjusted to that, and I like that, you know, there's something brand new and fresh to talk about, you know, every week with this show. So I really dig that. Um, ah, you're talking to the wrong guy. I, I binge through shows like every single day. So <laughs> I just like the fact that there's something because you think about it like you get a show nowadays like uh-huh. on Netflix. It drops. You watch it in a couple days and then it's just kind of gone. You know, you don't get to go through this like roller coaster ride. True. Anymore. I mean, this is what TV used to be like. <laughs> yes. I know you You're probably you probably don't remember this, Christian, but back in the day, <laughs> <laughs> we had weekly episodes. <laughs> so I I don't know. I'm enjoying this. Uh, but anyway, mm. but so over at Westview, shit is fucking escalating quickly. Like the kids are just growing in front of our eyes. Um, they seem to have powers themselves at this point. Um, this episode like has a whole fucking like I don't know full supervillain turn for Wanda. I mean, we see her, like, break into the lab and take Vision back. I mean, which, good for her, because it seems like they're, I don't know what the hell they were doing with him. Like, he was in fucking pieces and shit. Um, well, he did, he did donate his body to do so. Did they say? They do say that. Yeah, they said that out loud to be researched on. But beyond that, I think he didn't, he just didn't want to be brought back. But after this episode, do you really trust the director of S.W.O.R.D. at this point? <laughs> No, and I, I hate that, you know, it's another, you know, bad leader of, of Sword and Shield or whatever they want to call it. I guess. Show. I mean, we didn't have a bad leader in, oh, because of uh, Robert Redford's character in Shield? Yeah. Oh, okay. there's all, it just always seems like there's the leader of this organization is always kind of Well, shitty. they've got to make hard choices, right? <laughs> yeah. As long as true. he's not fucking Hydra, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm okay with a repeat, you know? So, I mean, Nick Fury's had to make some shitty decisions, too. Sure, so. yes. Um, but anyway... Um, uh, why would and then why wouldn't they give it to like you know the Hulk or I don't know Shuri, right? Because Shuri like had that. right. Does Shuri have him in the lab at this point? Or no, she comes out of the lab Infinity War to fight uh-huh. the, uh, Thanos yes. and then yeah okay. So but you would think that you'd give it to like the you know smartest scientist in the world Shuri mm-hmm. to work on, but I don't know. No, nah, they just want a weapon. He did mention <laughs> too that you know he didn't want to be brought back. Yes. So we're sure he probably would be working towards that, I could see. So, um, but anyway, 
Then the whole fucking drone situation happens where Hayward, you know, arms those drones with missiles while Monica's trying to communicate with Wanda. I mean, then Wanda, like I said, just goes full fucking heel turn, you know, a supervillain on us, you know, breaking the barrier to confront them in the, just a fucking holy shit moment. Like, and she doesn't even really like deny what she's doing and mm-hmm. like even pulls like one of her daddy's moves pointing out the guns at like you yes. know uh hayward <laughs> so i which i thought was a real nice like subtle nod um you know it, it just was a complete fucking jaw dropper because i didn't like i didn't think she was this conscious or aware uh you know of what the hell was going on you know i thought this was more of a subconscious thing so i didn't expect this to happen at this point because we're like halfway through the season. Yeah, just about. But there's moments later on in the episode that make me still wonder. No, I if agree. a hundred percent. I agree. And, you know, and that's so I, all this still makes me think once again that she's being manipulated somehow uh-huh. Um, because they, they wouldn't drop this moment in the middle of the season especially with all like the buildup they've been doing you know surrounding like this kind of mystery of what the hell's going on you know because it just felt like so like matter of factly i still feel like it's a red herring on um, that she's being manipulated somehow i mean part of her might like it <laughs> but like i don't know we'll see because like i said with the amount of setup that they've done in the last four episodes for them just kind of like blow the reveal right here doesn't make much sense for me story-wise so and i would actually be kind of disappointed if that's you know how they went about things with this mm-hmm. um but yeah so i definitely think there's something you know more going on here um we do get a really like chilly moment where vision is able to like release someone from like this kind of like spell or trance that they're in like one of the residents of westwood um just really fucking terrifying. Like he talks about like the pain of having her in their head. Um, and like he needs to get home to his like family. Um, there's some kind of like medical emergency or something. Um, just really, you know, just terrifying. So um, I don't know like how Vision has this power. Do you think it's because like the same stone made Vision, you know, also made Wanda, like gave Wanda her powers? I guess because I was wondering, like, how far does his powers go? Like, how, like, how much has she bent reality to allow him to have this much control over his like abilities mm-hmm. if he doesn't have the actual stone in? His or do head? you think Wanda subconsciously is like using Vision as a puppet to solve what the hell's going on and to fight back? That's a possibility, but I, I have, I don't know if that if that's gonna go that deep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. And I also then I, it could be Agnes also yes. because he just says she he doesn't say Wanda and maybe he wouldn't know who like, you know, what the name of the person is that's, you know, doing this to them. But I mean, it, I felt like they left it kind of open there. So I would watch for that. Um, and I'm also pretty sure that Agnes killed the fucking dog. <laughs> Because they just show up, you know, and Agnes is like, uh, you know, kneeling over the corpse of the dog or holding it in her arms. Um, but it makes sense for her to do that because if she's part of it somehow, she could be using that to, like, manipulate Wanda and trigger her even further. Because right mm-hmm. then they start talking about Quicksilver, you know, and bringing him back to life. Uh, but then, you know, just quickly after that, Vision shows up. He's not playing around anymore. 
um she literally tries to like roll the credits on him and yes. like <laughs> he puts an end to it um he mentions which i thought was another great moment where the fuck are all the children in westview because there's a playground out there and there's no kids which is like oh my god where are the kids wanda <laughs> like, what have you done um uh... and then like you know wanda like really like pleads her case and she like mentions that there's no way I could control everyone in the entire town. You know, so it seems like she's convinced that something else is going on also. And then we get the knock at the door and she also claims, I didn't do this. You know, this isn't me. You know, and then we get the big reveal of, you know, uh, Pedro coming back. And this time, you know, recast as the X-Men's, you know, Evan Peters. So who like Darcy literally says, she recast Pedro. <laughs> yeah, which I didn't catch that line at first. And I'm glad I like actually got to hear it again at a later point because I didn't know what she said. I just thought, oh, she casted Pedro. I didn't know it was a recast. Yes. But they actually acknowledged that it was a different person. Do you think eventually I'll be able to recast you? <laughs> no, no, Damon. Uh, I am irreplaceable. There's no glitch in this world I that could, can erase uh, me. Oh, I, I'm going to try. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, uh, so did Wanda, like, subconsciously grab Quicksilver from the X-Men universe, you think? Because she gives... It's the, possible. She gives that speech to the kids that it's not right to bring people back from the dead. And I don't know if she's trying to, like, come to terms with what she's done with Vision um, and teach the kids a lesson. I mean, maybe she's scared of the fact that these kids seem to have powers also. Um, or, you know, I don't know. Did someone, like, send him in to intervene before, like, Wanda Vision, you know, just completely breaks out into fucking pure chaos? I I definitely think it's more along the route of she pulled him in from another universe, and that's where it's going to go. I, I don't think he's there on his own, you know, tuition or will or anything like well, that. Well, no, but I'm wondering if someone else, like, you know, Agnes or someone, oh, okay. you know, sent him in knowing... You know that the shit's about to go down between these mm. two also the commercials are back this episode um we got one uh talking about the tragedy that happened in uh, lagos um during civil war um using a whole metaphor with paper towels which was pretty pretty messed up uh. <laughs> so i don't know why i'm laughing uh but yeah no it's just <laughs> it really just shows you like how much this poor woman has like suffered through at this point who could really like blame her for having any kind of breakdown? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely think the next episode will be the Halloween episode that we had seen in the trailers, just because of um, Vision's line with "Where are all the children?" I think you know whoever's listening above them is now like, "Oh yeah, where are the kids?" Oh, that's a good <laughs> point because yeah, like in that. that trailer we see tons of kids. Yes. I didn't even put that together. That's a good point. So yeah, maybe maybe that's when you know all the kids finally do show up. Because that is kind of creepy. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so I'm going to stick to my guns with my prediction from last episode that Agnes isn't actually Agatha from Marvel Comics, that she's actually Mephisto, gotcha, you know, or yeah. somehow related to Mephisto. Because mm -hmm. um, just we've just seen too many coincidences, you know, throughout these episodes. The fact that she's the only one who's able to, like, break character... Um, she happens to be like in every like key moment that ha has happened in the series. So, I mean, she's definitely involved somehow. I just think they threw the name Agnes on her to kind of like throw everyone off, like, yeah. you know, her scent. Yeah, because I, I feel like 
even like the the average MCU person isn't going to immediately assume you know Mephisto, mm-hmm. you know, is involved with this. And I still think that's like your dead you know ringer for like connecting Doctor Strange to all this and stuff like that. Yeah, and in the future, and like you said, and like maybe part of Wanda is enjoying this. But mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. Mephisto's been a big part of like Wanda's story in the comics in the past. Yes. And a, a lot of times when Wanda's having these breakdowns in the Marvel Universe, it is like in the Marvel comics, that is, um, it is, you know, partially due to like someone manipulating her. Even like House of M, the whole idea for that came from Quicksilver, um, you know, and everyone just assumed it was Magneto's doing. Um, and then, yeah, I believe Doom was involved with the whole, like, Avengers disassembled, you know, uh, storyline. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she's just very easily manipulated, unfortunately. And she's just too powerful <laughs> for anyone to do anything about it. So, um, but we'll see, you know. And, and like I said, she, Mephisto has been part of her storyline in the past in the comics. Now, I hope that they find a real creative way of introducing that character to, like, this audience. Because I feel like that's a big care to just kind of like, you know, unleash on like fans right now without like some like really like decent explaining of who this character is and how they have gone about like showing up, which also makes me feel like they're going to point to like a cameo, like a Doctor Strange cameo, because who else is going to explain that character? Yeah, but I mean, if anything, you could even hold off to his movie, though. Like if you want to go into a full in depth of like, how Mephisto works, might as well just show it off in Multiverse of Madness. So you think you get, like, the reveal of Mephisto, and then, yeah. like, they're like, well, you know what, to know more, you're gonna have to go see Multiverse of Madness. Yes. In, like, a year and a half. Because <laughs> <laughs> that fucking sucks. Because <laughs> um, that's what, that's 2022, right? That's not 2021. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, Jesus uh-huh. Christ. And knock on wood, that actually happens, right? <laughs> so that's a long time to wait. Um, but yeah, no, I Yeah, I definitely feel like it's Mephisto at this point. So that's going to do it for your weekly dose of WandaVision speculation. Um, Join us next week as we just fucking throw shit against the wall and hope something sticks. (laughs) Damon, you saw a movie this week. That's right. I saw the horror film A Nightmare Wakes. It's the tale of a monster. Something dead. It was so alive. I feel like it's a story. My story. You need to enter the deepest and darkest corners of your imagination. Frankenstein. I never knew you had such darkness in you. It's already there. I must simply unleash it. Mary, Mary, what's happening? An adaptation of the novel Frankenstein as told through the life of Mary Shelley. And this was written and directed by Nora Uncle. Now, as a big fan of the Frankenstein films, both the classic Universal and Hammer, I was definitely intrigued when I first saw the trailer for A Nightmare Wakes. I mean, a horror film about Mary Shelley, the author of Frankenstein, giving birth to the legend. And in the trailer, they seem to hint that they're going to be drawing correlations between her real-life story and the fictional masterpiece that she crafted. As a concept, it had potential to be brilliant, but at the end of the day what we got from this film was just too entangled with different themes that the story comes off murky and flat at best at the beginning of the film we meet up with shelly and percy during their 
fateful summer with Lord Byron um, that ended up spurring the writing challenge that famously inspired Shelley to conceive Frankenstein. Shelley is Percy's mistress and pregnant with their child, until sadly she has a miscarriage. Also at this time, Mary starts to have vivid nightmares that she believes are somehow calling her to write the story of Frankenstein. A tragic event happens, and Percy and Shelley's relationship can now come out of the shadows. But tension starts to form between the two. Mary becomes pregnant once again as she starts to obsess with writing Frankenstein even more. So much so that she starts to have hallucinations as if she's being haunted by the story itself. Like I said, I admire the idea behind the film, but my issue is that the execution never really lives up to the concept. The film attempts to make parallels between the real-life trauma Shelley endures and the story she's crafting, even to go as far as cast people in her life as characters in the book while she's having these delusions. But it just doesn't do enough to make those connections clear, or, you know, for them to really resonate. This ends up really, like, blurring the message of the film. And what the director and writer uncle is trying to communicate. I had similar kind of issues with the atmosphere of this film. Um, instead of feeling dark and moody, it just comes off as drab and kind of listless. Although the pacing does deserve some blame here because in the second act, the film really slows down to a crawl. It also squanders so many visual opportunities when it comes to Mary's waking fever dreams. I mean, that's what really like brought me to this film with the trailer. I mean, there is potential for some genuine horror in these moments which I think it would have just invested the audience more into Mary's descent and in her obsession with this book. I mean, putting them on edge and, you know, really in Mary's headspace. But what they gave us instead was just really uninspired. And it feels like, you know, I don't know, just very paint by number. Also, for my personal taste, as a horror fan, I would have liked to see more of these hallucinations throughout the movie, but it seems like they wanted the movie to be more of a historical drama, you know, more so than a horror film. But if you're going to go that route, you can't take so many liberties with the timeline and as, with Mary as a person. Like, I'm not an expert by no means on Shelley, but I, it feels like they paint her as a villain at the end and like this like neglectful mother. I mean, they even have her transform as the monster at one point. Uh, and I know what they're going for, but it just seems kind of unfair. But, I mean, maybe I need to do more research about her as a person. Uh, the one positive note, though, is Alex Wilton Reagan, who plays Mary, and much of the cast are all strong of the roles. But in the long run, I just wish their talents were better utilized with a more coherent script. Hmm. Well, what grade are you giving this? So I'm going to give this film a C-. minus. Um, at the end of the day, A Nightmare Wakes is a germ of a good idea that just never really sparks to life. All right, Christian, you also watched a movie this week. Yeah, that's right, Damon. I saw the movie Malcolm and Marie. Oh, he's so sensitive. He's romantic. But he's sweet, right? Well, I mean, yeah. When he's not being an emotional fucking terrorist. Oh. <laughs> I love the way you see the world, Marie. A director and his girlfriend's relationship is tested after they return home from his movie premiere and await critics' responses. Directed and written by Sam Levinson and starring John David Washington and Zendaya. So this is definitely something completely different than what we normally discuss in our show. 
However, I am a fan of director Sam Levinson's show Euphoria, which also stars Zendaya in a similar character. Um, this film's premise isn't overly complicated, nor is it full of action and destinations that you know most of the blockbusters we covered normally showcase. Instead, we're treated to a couple in a single location dealing with a single issue. And just because we're not whisked away to a mystical land doesn't mean that this script won't take you on a whirlwind journey as two confrontational human beings attempt to coexist, love one another, and understand each other's viewpoint. The writing in this film is outstanding, and the performances from John David Washington and Zendaya you know, drive each thrilling line through one another's character like bullets out of an AK-47. On top of that, each and every shot of this one location feels so well placed in helping guide the audience through the consistent rising and falling tension provided by the performances. Throughout the arguments they're having, I find myself feeling for each character, seeing and understanding each point of view and consistent switching of sides on who's winning the fight overall. I can honestly say the wordplay and chemistry alone between Malcolm and Marie was more exciting than you know, many action sequences I've seen over the last 10 years. Every time Malcolm makes a powerful gut-wrenching point, Marie is there to tear it apart and show you a whole new perspective. By the end, I was as exhausted as the characters seemed to be on screen. And you know, I only look at that as a sign of just how invested I became in the overall narrative. As a film shot during the pandemic, I believe new struggles often help create better art. And the way this film was shot and how it was scored was beautiful. The structure of the home they're staying in is well explored and used to drive the story. Each song, you know, plays into the conversation or feeling of both characters and even drives the argument. All in all, I believe this film hits the trifecta in what makes for great cinema. All right, Christian, what grade would you give this film? For my grade, there's very little I could actually, you know, see wrong with this film. I think there's a couple moments where I have disconnects with some of the, you know, dialogue, but beyond that, I honestly think it's deserving of an A and almost an A plus. But I'm going to be giving it an A um, for this film. So yeah, Malcolm Emery, solid A from me. And I definitely think it's something that you should check out, especially if you have Netflix right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. It's time for Christian's Corner. So in this past week of the gaming world, a couple things went down that I'd like to talk about. Starting off, Warner Brothers decides to patent the Nemesis system. For those of you unaware, the Nemesis system is the feature showed off in the Shadow of Mordor series in which procedurally generated NPCs have a hierarchy and actually interact and remember you differently upon their interactions with you. This is actually a pretty cool feature um, from the game and one of the most interesting parts of the game. So I know what you're thinking. Well, awesome. No wonder Warner Brothers wants to patent something they made. But your good friend Christian here is to tell you this will probably set a bad precedent. Um, in the world of game development, almost every game has either been inspired by or built upon a function of a previous game. And with Warner Brothers you know, making this exclusive to their own company or as something you'd have to license out, it kind of limits the potential use and growth of this system. Um, and personally, this is a mechanic with you know a ton of potential to me. Um, and I can only imagine what devs could do with it in like 10 years or so. 
On top of that, we haven't really seen Warner Brothers do anything with the Nemesis system since 2017 um, with the release of Shadow of War, which is again kind of disheartening because they have made this exclusive to themselves but have yet to show any promise of using it. Perhaps there is a game in the works or a plan, but honestly, I don't trust Warner Brothers leadership to begin with. I mean, I really don't trust Warner Brothers leadership. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, you know, my worst fear from all of this is that it could lead to other companies attempting to do the same and ultimately stifle some of the growth and creativity being put into game development. And, you know, at best, though, you know, maybe we're getting some sick Justice League game with procedurally generated baddies. One can only dream. Um, the patent will go into effect February 23rd. The second story I wanted to mention today was the big hack on Cyberpunk 2077's dev company, CD Projekt Red. As if the burning hellscape of their office couldn't get any hotter, this last Tuesday, CD Projekt Red released a statement on Twitter about being the victim of a ransomware attack in which a ton of their data was collected, including their source code. The studio in the same tweet made sure to state we're not giving in to their demands, which was being praised by several cybersecurity firms. However, it seems the hackers have officially made good on their threats to sell their data as it was reported that an auction was held and completed on the dark web. Those privy to the auction stated that the stolen source code was priced at $1 million to buy in and a $7 million price tag for buy now. What the buyer plans on doing with this code and data, uh, no one knows, but we will keep an eye on this story as it continues to develop. Um, this week for me on the stream, I started my new stream schedule of 12 noon Thursday through Sunday. We've done a couple so far this week and we're continuing on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we also started a new game in True Crime Streets of LA. Uh, this Saturday and Sunday, I plan on finishing Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, as well as beat another evil ex in Scott Pilgrim. Next Thursday, we continue True Crime, and you know during the weekend, I think I'm planning on making my return to Witcher 3, and maybe um, starting another retro movie game. Follow us on Twitch to catch all our game streams, and follow us at AmazingNerdLive for all our stream updates. Uh, now let's move on to wrestling. But I actually feel a little bit bad because I think, look, the bottom line is that when the three brothers here left the Bullet Club, it actually was a good thing because it created opportunity for some mid-card guys to move up the chain and, and fly the flag. Do you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like when baseball had a work stoppage yep. and they had the replacement players. Scabs. The scabs yep. came in. They got an opportunity. It's like a Mark Fantasy camp almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like true. you get to play that you're a part of a you know, big group. So I think we've done something really good here. This is a nice thing that we've done. We've created opportunity. Those guys are good guys. All right, Christian. So I want to talk a little wrestling, um, but we're running out of time. But I got to give credit where credit's due. One of your predictions uh, from, what, just a couple weeks ago for this year. Um uh, might actually be coming true. We saw last week on AEW TV, Kenta from New Japan showed up and attacked John Moxley. Um, we knew that eventually Moxley and Kenta would be having a match somewhere, but we didn't think they'd be actually interacting on AEW TV. So it sounds like, you know, the mythical Forbidden Door might be opening 
you know, between AEW and New Japan Wrestling. And then on this week's episode of AEW, Kenta actually wrestled in a match in the main event of the show um, in a lights out match, uh, teaming up with Omega. They're both definitely not on the same page, though, against Lance Archer and John Moxley. Um, holy shit, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> I just didn't expect them to go this far this fast. Well, that's where, you know, you got to get on me and Don Callis's level, oh, Damon. You know, mastermind thinking over here. There's a reason why I carry the Amazing Nerd Show world title, all right? Okay. Because of predictions that's like these. That's not even a thing. That show- you carry it because you bought it. <laughs> that's why you carry it. <laughs> and now I might just take it from you. <laughs> just shooting down my but, hopes and dreams but here. honestly like i did not foresee this happening you know this soon uh-huh. um, especially with the fucking pandemic going on i mean luckily and i don't think it would be happening if kenta didn't live in the florida area <laughs> so i mean i guess it it makes sense i just didn't think tony khan would actually put him on tv so they definitely have a working agreement it seems like um we actually have the u.s title the New Japan U.S. title, like, on TV today. Yes. Um, and they mentioned it multiple times. Um, they made a big deal out of it, talking about who held it and everything. Uh, so, I mean, what do you think the next chapter in this story is? <sighs> well, because I'm afraid it's going to end with just, like, Kenta getting the title and then moving on for a little while. And then maybe we'll revisit it at a later date when things maybe be a, a slightly clearer. But I have no idea. You know, um, at this point... I would love to see at some point, like, you know, you get more collusion between Kenta and, you know, the American Bullet Club, as they're trying to call themselves now. You know, I, I, I'd i like to see a little bit more of that going on, but I, I doubt it for a while. I think eventually we'll get maybe a Bullet Club versus Bullet Club angle. And they're but. making a point of, you know, keeping Kenta disassociated from whatever yes. Omega's doing. So, I mean, he's gone as far as, like, they did, like, a little, like, after show interview with him last week where he said he fucking hates Omega and doesn't want anything to do with him, but he's here for Moxley. Mm-hmm. And it was more of the same tonight. Um, You know, they worked together, but, you know, at the same time, he was more just focused on Moxley and getting that title back. So we'll see. Eventually that might happen, Um, you know, on uh, BTE. BTE. Is it BTE? BET? Yeah, BET yes, being okay. the elite. I was thinking BET. <laughs> that would make it. Is, it B- is BET still a thing? Is it? Is that a channel? channel. So... I haven't watched okay. it in forever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on BT, they've taken like multiple shots at Tamatanga. So we'll see if that ends up playing out. I know, though, that the Good Brothers are like actually friends with him. So um, they've done like interviews and podcasts like from his house. So I'm sure that's just a work. Um, But yeah, I mean, who's to say? We know that the Good Brothers at some point are supposed to be heading to like New Japan. um, But restrictions are getting stricter over there right now. So Mm -hmm. we'll see how that works. Because I think you have to go into like, you know, quarantine like for two weeks once you arrive there. So for any wrestler, like, who's not, like, staying there for a long period of time, I mean, that's a lot of time to lose, you know? And I don't know if you're getting paid for that time either. But either way, I mean, just look at, like, last week's match with, um, you know, Death Triangle and Moxley versus the Good Brothers and um, Omega. I mean, just getting to see all these guys outside of WWE 
putting in the work and you know showing us how great they are. I mean, it's so yes. phenomenal to see this now. And the Good Brothers have been so much fun yes. to have, like on the show and like you know on BTE. I mean, they're you could tell they're just having a blast and they're able to be themselves. Um, so I mean, that's awesome to see. Uh, I'm just really excited for what the future holds. I mean, do we think Kenny's still going to go after uh, Rich Swan? Yeah, I definitely think that's going to happen. I think he's. I want to see that storyline that they started with him being the collector really come to fruition. I want to see him holding. I want to see him have some crazy fucking entrance where he's carrying like six titles, you know, into the ring. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, they did something similar with that with um with Kurt Angle back in the uh, Impact days, oh, okay. where like he just collected every title <laughs> I think in Impact. So he even had, like, the X Division title uh, at one point. So <laughs> I don't think he got his hands on the knockout title, though. Um, <laughs> so, but, yeah, I, that's always awesome to see. I mean, it'd be really like Ultimo Dragon. Like, uh, back in the day, he had, like, 13 titles when he was in WCW. Um, so I, I would love to see that. I mean, right now, what, he's got the AAA title. He's got the AEW title. Maybe he'll be moving on and getting that Impact title, and then who knows? Maybe the New Japan title is you know next on his list. Be insane. I mean, could we see him at like Wrestle Kingdom? That would be amazing. That I mean, that's long term booking, but I'd love to see it happen. Yeah, that would be a year out. Uh-huh. So um, I don't foresee him going over there and winning. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> So, but how great would it be to see like Ibushi like show up on AEW? Oh, I think that would be I, I'd be marking the fuck out for sure. Like if this is a true working agreement, I feel like that match is in the cards. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way that they can deny like that storyline and that angle. Um, it, it would just be too perfect. Oh no, some some asshole over there is gonna want to send Tanahashi over to to piss me off. Stop! <laughs> Stop shitting on Tanahashi. <laughs> I think Jer- I could see Jericho working with him again. Yes. You know, and dude, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Come I'm, on, now. I just, <laughs> I'm not his biggest fan, but I do respect him as a wrestler. I'll give you that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Put some respect on his name, goddammit. So, how about Suzuki? Huh? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I would like Suzuki gun running through America. Yeah. Give me that. Especially since you got fucking Archer over there. Mm-hmm. You know, on AEW. But Suzuki showing up. You could do like a face off between like Suzuki gun and like the inner circle. Like that would be a fun fucking feud. Jericho and Suzuki. I'd, I want to see um, at it. Sammy Guevara versus uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, nice. That'd be a hell of a yes. match. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. Well, like I said, we're cutting things short this week. Uh, you know, we'll come back next week. I think we've got an NXT takeover to talk yes. about and review, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then Elimination Chambers, yes. like the week afterwards. What is going on? I don't know. This schedule doesn't make any sense anymore. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, we'll be back next week with a review for, you know, TakeOver. Well, that does it for this week. That's right, and as a friendly reminder, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, remember to subscribe, rate, and give us a five-star review. Exactly. It sure does help an independent podcast like ours to continue to grow. And while you're at it, make sure to tell a friend. Plus, if you like any of the stories we talked about on this week's episode, make sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to catch the full articles, trailers, memes, and more. 
That's right, you can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show on all social media platforms. And hey, if you're looking for extra content, make sure to catch our streams every weekend on Twitch, plus YouTube videos Monday through Friday. Want to support the show further? You can head over to tpublic.com and get yourself some Amazing Nerd Show merch. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more. And if you post what you bought and tag us on social media, we'll send you some additional nerd swag if you live in the United States. Well, all right, Damon, what are we talking about next week? Christian, we're finally going to get to review the A24 horror film, St. Maud. Ah, uh, my feet hurt already. Well, my name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that was The Amazing Nerd Show. Maybe people are setting off the plants? What are you saying? That guy was crazy. We have to save them. They're already dead. <laughs> <laughs>